Welcome to Locala Podcast. This is episode 40. I feel like it's just become a lifestyle for me. It's not something with conventional diet culture of thinking like this diet culture kind of mindset of torturing yourself to get to that point. It's since very early on in my journey, um, probably around the time that I realized that other people needed my help and support as well. I just, I made it uh, an enjoyable part of my life that just complemented everything I already did. Welcome to the Locala Podcast, everybody. I'm Lisa Anderson, your host and publisher of Locala Magazine. And we are continuing our journey of the June 2023 issue in the magazine, which celebrates the beginning of our third year for our magazine. Our podcast started back in September of 2022. So we're doing a callbacks issue for some people that were back in, oh, mostly 2021 issues of our magazine. Today, we have Vicki Sheeran, who is um, the coach for the fast focused lifestyle. <laughs> I had to think about that one for a second, make sure I got it right. Um, but she was in our February 2021 issue. And I'm so glad to have her back on the couch because she's got a big story to tell us. And oh man, we could not fit her original story in in those few words that we put in the magazine. So yeah. welcome back, Vicki. Thank you. Oh, it's so nice to be back. I was just thinking it was about, well, in February it was a year, but yeah. just how much uh, that magazine article being featured on the cover, like how much that significantly meant to me and the ripples that are really still continuing to happen as a Oh, that's fantastic. Mm -hmm. I love it. And you get to, um, I see you put your cover image yes. on, on some of your promotional material, yes. and I love that yes. so much. It was a good picture. That was a good picture. I had a good, you know, yellow dress kind of yeah. day. Just like I was, mm, I was vibing. Was, I was you in were it. vibing yeah. that day. Yeah, you were. <laughs> I love that yellow too. Yeah, I you. actually see you quite often because um, that's the magazine that my significant other has in his office that's oh, like front and focused. Yay. And so <laughs> I walk into his office and I see you. That's awesome. Oh, that's so great. Yeah. Oh, so what have you been up to this last year? I have been keeping busy with continuing to build my consulting with the Fasting Focus Lifestyle. I still have been um, an artistry business owner since mm -hmm. 2016 um, with my business, Sheeran Artistry, LLC. So mm -hmm. I, you know, with that, like the article that you featured me before in the magazine about the couch session. Yeah. with Olivia Ortiz. Um, with that event, I did like body painting, but I also do like any kind of artistry commission work, paint parties, face painting, like anything artistry yeah. is my jam. Yeah. I am totally all for it. So I think the balance between health and art can really kind of go together because doing things you love, like minimizing the amount of stress and just having time, especially with adapting a fasting focused lifestyle and utilizing your free time in things maybe that you're interested in with art. And that's my like, that's my passion. It's yeah. been my passion ever since I was very, very little. So I'm really happy that changes and uh, journeys in life can kind of, you know, be a way for me to enjoy spending my time, but as well as providing a, you know, monetary benefit to help sustain my, you know, day-to-day -day life, especially as a mom with two kids. Yeah, yeah. And if anybody's not familiar with the couch sessions, mm -hmm. it's basically um, an artist and a musician yep. that share the stage with um, Olivia Ortiz, who yep. is the hostess for that um, particular program. And it's a seasonal thing. And um, it's really quite fun and interesting. And you were, I think you were season 2020 or 2021? Um, I 
think it was it was the later one. It was the, yeah, probably 2021. 2021. Yeah, back I think it shut down, didn't it, for 2020? I'm not even sure. I believe so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, but yeah, so we got to talk a little bit about your art and the art Q and A is just a little bit of mm-hmm. who you taste. are, just a little taste. <laughs> and so sometimes I bring those artists in for a full article so we can actually get to really know you guys. Yeah. And I'm, I'm glad we did because you. Um, we're featured in our health issue, mm-hmm. and um, because you had a big weight journey, yep. and um, but your story was so much bigger than yep. that. Oh, yeah. And we talked a lot about the loss of your spouse yep. and stuff. So can you tell us how you're doing nowadays with both? With all of that, I feel like it's just become a lifestyle for me. It's not something with conventional diet culture of thinking like this diet culture kind of mindset of torturing yourself to get to that point. It's since very early on in my journey, um, probably around the time that I realized that other people needed my help and support as well, mm-hmm. I just I made it uh, an enjoyable part of my life that just complemented everything I already did. So it was something I could seamlessly integrate. And in. and with the weight loss, so many other ripples and changes like mindset, physicality, like way of life, me- um, measure of stress, like all those things were positively impacted because well, I get goosebumps. We're positively impacted because of this deliberate, just natural innate change and yeah. um, way of life that I adapted for myself. And the rip- the ripples still continue to happen. But um, as we were, as I was saying before, I love seeing those ripples in people. So when yeah. something with my story and I share. If that affects anybody else positively, and I see and I read and I connect with all these people around the world, that really reaffirms like it's important to do what I'm doing. Like as much as I have hard days from being a widow and like having my sadness and like grief with that, I see comments and feedback and messages and things from people that I connect with. I may have never met, may never meet in my lifetime, but I know I've connected enough with them to know that these ripples are changing their lives because of the decision that I made back in 2018 to decide to, you know, be sick and tired of being sick and tired and just just go. Um, It's I keep getting goosebumps because it's I feel like that can change the world like one person at a time and I'm seeing it happen and it's it moves me to tears like I cry a lot um and I apologize to folks on my podcast as well like I'm cry warning but like it moves (laughs) me to tears because that could be an additional five ten however many additional lives for them and their family and that ripples continue to happen and who's to say that like they're changing their health that it ripples and affects other people in their circle so it's like this beautiful, like non-sketchy kind of health pyramid uh, benefit awesomeness. Like it's just yeah. continuing to ripple outward. And that's what, that's what I want. I want that so much for folks to know uh, that they can fix their health. That's so amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I know people can read the original article, but yep. honestly, I, I remember talking to you and yeah. I remember the interview yep. and I, I would just love for you to kind of dive into where your journey started, because I think hearing it in your own words, mm-hmm. and I know they can probably go to your podcast too, but yep. let's get them over there yep. with this one and Absolutely. hear your story a little bit on, on how you got started with that and and what you had to go through while you were doing that as well. Gotcha. So my journey, um, I to kind of preface a bit, I'm a middle child. Um, I have older and younger sister. So from very early age, and I apologize again, I feel like I'm going to cry because I feel it in my voice. Uh, you know what? When you have we've tissues. got tissue somewhere in here. Oh, beautiful. I definitely <laughs> feel like go. I'm going to need it. There we go. <laughs> so um, I'm a middle child. And from a very early age, I 
felt, and maybe it was just my own interpretation, I felt Mm -hmm. like I didn't belong, like I wasn't pretty enough. And from very early on, I found comfort in food and was not able to have an emotionally uh, healthy way to cope with my emotions from a very early age. Um, sixteen year, When I was 16, my mom passed away um, at the age of 36, and she had gotten what I feel has uh, given to me for with the mindset and belief that I have with not wanting to have any alterations or surgeries, like why I feel so firm mm-hmm. in my conviction right now with like not having weight loss surgery, not feeling like I need to adjust skin in any way. Um, she had breast implants. And in January of, I think it was 2000, and that September, they got infected and just mm-hmm. got into her bloodstream and it killed her very quickly. Um after losing my mom, um, going to college and just feeling like, again, eating my feelings, not coping and dealing with anything, well, my weight just continued to balloon up year over year over year. And I just, that became like, oh, yep, Vicky's just the big girl. I was so used to hearing, oh, Vicky's just the big girl. Like, I'm 5'11", so I'm really tall, but I was mm-hmm. tall and big. And that was always like, mm, that Vicky, she's like, ugh. But meanwhile, my sisters were always like, oh, I feel like they got the more positive attention. And I kind of kept to myself and ate a lot in secret, ate while people were sleeping, took extra and hiding um, food. And just my behavior with comforting myself was always food. It was always food. It was never enough. Um, And when I was done with college in New Hampshire in 2007, I moved back down here to Ocala with my grandparents, um, my mother's parents, and their healths were horrible. Like, I love them, obviously, still both, but their healths were horrible, completely sedentary, almost totally sedentary. Really, the only time they got up and any going anywhere was to go get food. Mm-hmm. And uh, seeing their health deteriorate and the way that they commiserated over my mom's passing was every single day. Sorry. It was every single day like the day that she had just died. And it was so much, I'm sorry. It's okay. It was so much perpetuating in grief that I know as my mom's daughter that she would, can I, I colorful language warning, like, That's I don't know. Okay. okay. I would be so pissed if, like, I knew my mom would be pissed to see my grandparents willingly let themselves go and just have, like, so much fresh, immediate, I don't want to process this, I don't want to deal with this, but it's in my face and I'm going to let it overwhelm me. Grief, every day, every day. So and when I had the opportunity to, I moved out with you know my now late husband. And from me moving out, they continued to spiral. Mm-hmm. And it was only a matter of like a few years that first my grandfather got sick very quickly, hospital-acquired pneumonia, and he was gone. And I knew, I knew as soon as my grandfather was close to passing, that my grandmother would like lose it because they were together for like 55, 56 years. So they're like, "Mm." Um, but it, my grandfather's passing was hard. My mother's passing was hard. The hardest one was my grandmother because of the, sorry again, the way that her death affected my eating. Mm -hmm. It was like full, you know, the, I I imagine like uh, a city fire hydrant and somebody just busts it open and it's just <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. That was me with food. Like, ah, I could not have enough. I remember standing at my pantry one night, um, brand new unopened bag of family sized bag of Cheetos. I like emotionally blacked out in finding that my uh, grandmother 
was going to be passing relatively soon. I think this was like around her time of just getting into hospice. And it yeah. was like she developed de- dementia. She was saying and behaving like totally abnormal. And I know it's dementia, but it was like, it was the first time I've ever seen it. It tore me apart. Yeah. Um, and I remember standing and just inhaling this entire bag of Cheetos. And I think that was the day, uh, that was Mother's Day, when her first spoken words to me were, I want to die. Like, hi, Nana, happy Mother's Day, I love you. She says, I want to die. And that, like, it it was like, whoa, okay. Um, She passed on the 1st of June of 2018, and then uh, I went into a downward spiral And that August, I remember waking up and seeing myself in this full-length mirror, and it was like I had the just feeling that I'm going to die. If I don't do something, I'm going to die. And I just immediately flashed, saw my kids, and I was like, this is not going to happen. I'm going to take action. What I knew previously at the time was keto, and I had been a weight loss coach for a partial meal partial meal replacement plan called Ideal Protein. So I was familiar with like keto and I thought I was going to do keto. Um, I went down a YouTube rabbit hole and I was like, oh, let me just like, because I wanted to do it my way. I wanted to do plant-based because I um, have been meat-free since 2014. Okay. So I was like, okay, let me do that. Um, And then just finding a testimonial on water fasting got me super curious. I'm like, I want to try this. I want to give this a go. Um, It looked like super sketchy, but like I was like really excited and nervous about it. Um, The testimonial was like 30 days, and he did with just water. And I watched more and more videos, as YouTube Mm -hmm. recommends. And then before I knew it, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to adapt the first level of fasting, which is like a 16-8. So all I did was I did a 16-8 method for two weeks. And I know it was at a heavy starting weight, and I was probably, if not at or above 400 pounds at that point, because when I'm at that point, like, I didn't... it was like a mental thing. I like, I didn't check. Yeah. Um, I measured this on my start date. And then two weeks later, I had shed 21 pounds in two weeks. So I knew I was onto something. So I was like, okay, we're going to stick with this and just mm-hmm. keep it going. And the more that I kept up with it and enjoying learning about the process of what's going on in my body and why this is such a instinctive kind of behavior that your body likes to utilize, um, just it got me more excited uh, the further along that I went. Yeah. 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 Well, that's fantastic. So you wound up, um, and I think you've lost weight since we sat down and talked. Really? No. I think so. I don't (laughs) know. I think it still like fluctuates. I notice, and I I still have folks that I connect with, um, with my updates in my loose skin, because I think yeah. that's that's one thing that as much as we don't want to say like, oh, we're vain, like we care about the way that we look. And yes, we should to a certain extent. Um, I get a lot of questions with folks and there's this term with fasting called autophagy, where it's like program cell death, where it like your cells, unused, damaged, broken mm-hmm. cells, I say broken cells, um, are just consumed by the body and your body's yeah. able to utilize them for fuel and whatever's waste gets excreted out. Um, and with a term of autophagy and loose skin and how much of a concern that is for people that have similar amount of mm-hmm. body weight to shed as I do, um, it's still, there's still healing and things going on with me because I'm still fasting. Like I'm in a fasted state right now every yeah. day and I love it. And this is like my Vicky woo, like let's go time. <laughs> Cause it, it's truly like it, obviously is something that's going to help you with weight loss. So much mental, emotional stability comes from this as a, just as a result, as a result of this process because of the way that it affects and just kind of balances everything out from within. Um, 
But I love talking to folks about like how beneficial it is for the excess skin um, because you don't have to get that skin surgery that people yeah. are so paranoid and afraid for. Yeah. So you, um, when we talked last time, we did go into your um, the loss of your husband. Mm-hmm. Um, and I won't take you down that rabbit hole this time. Um, but I do want to know, because you still talk about getting some widow brain and yeah. stuff like that. So yeah. I want to know how your lifestyle is is working for you as far as helping you through those times. Mm-hmm. And, and how are your kids doing? Uh, my kids are awesome. Um, my children are just so incredibly more resilient than I could have ever imagined. Because um, I lost my mom young. You know, they're younger when they lost their father. So, like, it's hard. And I'm, I empathize with them a lot with those situations and circumstances. But... Thankfully, the moments that I feel like are coming and approaching, mm-hmm. I can approach them in a way that I, not that to say that my parents did a horrible job. It's just I want to think about what didn't work for me in those situations yeah. growing up and what I can do to make sure they don't go down any paths that I know are going to be um, har- like harmful to their f- future, um, yeah. really. Because it's as much as... Like, I wish I could say, yep, you know, I'm a widow, but, like, everything is great. I I still have moments where things will just hit me, and I just feel myself in this, like, emotional headspace. But the difference now is that this sadness and grief I have, I've been able to and still continue to reflect on it on a very regular basis, but I have the appreciation, gratitude, um, love for what we had. And there's little sayings that I just kind of like remind myself at times. Mm-hmm. Um, though he was, you know, unable to, I was unable to spend the rest of my life with him. I'm extremely grateful that he was able to spend the rest of his with me. Yeah. Um, but one of my favorite ones I actually heard from um, a lady that I met when I was traveling to Greece last summer yeah. um, studying the Blue Zones, which super passionate about the Blue Zones, by the way. Um, her name was Thea, and she said some of the most incredible wisdom to me. But my favorite takeaway was um, in Ikaria in Greece, um, she says that because it's so um, – well-known with reaching into a high age because of their health and whatnot, Mm -hmm. that when people die, it's said to remember to take care of your own health so that you can remember those that you've lost. And to me, that was powerful. That was an incredible, as soon as she said that, I could feel myself just bursting into tears um, because it's powerful. Like we, to live and to make them proud of, who what they, what they would want you to continue to see? Mm-hmm. Um, I feel very like I'm I'm a big time empath, and I feel like I feel a lot. Like I'm very very sensitive, so I know that the best way to honor what we had, my two treasures, like having the best closest tight knit family, keeping those kids and myself as healthy as possible, um, and enjoying every little nuance, victory, like heartbreak hurdle in life, whether up, down, you know, stagnant, love it all. It's, yeah. it's, it's, this is a story of your life. And this is like in contradiction to why I'm so against a lot of what diet culture shoves out with like, hurry up and get it in this days and make food this, and it has to fall into this metrics. Like we shouldn't be having this negative mindset towards this fixing our health and 
Like your weight is not just like some shirt you can go and return. Like this is you. You are in this beautiful vessel. Your soul is residing in this beautiful vessel. And if you want this vessel to last, you know, to the age of centenarian qualifications or not, you have to take care of it. This is your vehicle. You've got to take care of it. And like it's not something where I never advocate for people going full bore, like full steam. It's this... Uh, process of tiny habits and integrating these uh, bits of wisdom and knowledge. Like I imagine Lego bricks, like stacking on top (laughs) of each other to continue to build and grow. Like having that growth open mindset is super, super important with me because it affects everything, headspace, body, mindset, like everything. And my kids see it too, and they just, they radiate with it. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, let's. I'm glad you brought up Greece because yeah. we're going to step back to that yeah. a little bit because I remember seeing that on social media yep. that you went to Greece. So tell us about your trip to Greece. Oh, my goodness. So I went to Akaria, Greece, which is one of the six blue zones in the world, um, as classified by Dan Butner, the gentleman with uh, National Geographic um, that talks about blue zones. I Before I even went on this trip, I had been, I think it was like the uh, end of February, I found out. So like from February until July, which was uh, when we went, it was full on like, I want to read every article. I wanted to watch every video. (laughs) Vicki, are you a type A personality? (laughs) I am super nerdy. Like my enjoyment is like watching and learning and like, what can I learn today? What can I do? What can I like grow? Um, But the Blue Zones, it's just an incredible, uh, just an incredible phenomenon that is just so commonsensical. Why can't it be everywhere? Because it's something where it's so conditional, like these areas in the world, they've learned to grow and thrive where they're planted. And to me, that's beautiful. But in Greece, I went, uh, flew into Athens. Athens itself was a great experience, obviously going to see the Parthenon, but the culture in Athens, totally different than what you would see um, and experience being in Akaria because you have that like touristy, like European um, sort of Mediterranean culture. While you still have that in Akaria, immediately landing, again, of all the wisdom and bits that I heard, um, the first thing that are awesome, I, I love this lady so much. Her name is Rania. We get on this little shuttle bus, and she goes, welcome, welcome. And she said, the first thing I want to let you all know as you're speaking and sharing with conversing with the Greeks, she said, talk less and listen more. And I get goosebumps again, woo, because these people on the island, Greek culture, and especially the resiliency of these Akarians on the island, super resilient. They were withstand all these moments through their history to make them as like tenacious as they are on the island. And every little bit, like we visited lots of these little villages around the island because it's really a small island, uh, but we went all around the coast. And every person that we met just welcomed us. Like, I've been to friendly, like, Ireland. I've been, they're friendly there. And England, for the most part, they're pretty friendly there. But <laughs> these folks on Akaria, like, they, the, every place we went, it was just like, you're in an extension. You're in your Greek auntie or Greek uncle's home kind of yeah. thing. And it felt so nice. Like, I literally feel like I have extended family in Greece. Um, and just learning about the land, learning about why this is a blue zone, what makes it a blue zone, and why it's not just like, oh, you know, the place where people forget to die. Like, it's not, it's so much more than that because everything works in so much harmony with each other and all the villages work, you know, we've got beekeepers and people that have um, sustainable, like there's no big commercial presence on the island and everything is small mom and pop kind of um, restaurants and places, little shops on the beach, um, cafes and things. It's 
unlike anything. So if you've been to Greece or like, you know, they think like a Greek island, mm -mm, no, but it's a very humbling, but really uplifting and inspiring place to visit that will really, ch it, it changed my world on a lot of things. Um, like I was saying, with getting there um, initially, I feel like the concept of time really didn't exist there because of how it wasn't like lazy lackadaisical. It was just like we know being in the moment is more more meaningful and more important than having this Western culture rush, 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 rush mindset. Yeah. They're so in the moment and so genuine with their intentions and purpose and connecting with folks. Um, and you feel it. You feel it with every single conversation that you have with anybody. They are there. When they're with you, they are there. And that like, whoo, it's just, I feel all like the sight smells. And of course there's cats everywhere because it's Greece and that's the way the <laughs> island goes. But it's like, when you're there and you're absorbing it all, you just, your mind goes, at least for me, I was making all these mental notes like they're so kind, respectful, everybody works in harmony, these villages work harmoniously with each other, there's like hardly any road rage as, you know, despite the roads being like super narrow, <laughs> we're like a... Um, a charter van that's like going around the little corner and stuff and they're like oh you okay you good like passing each other where you know in Orlando or even downtown or anywhere here in Ocala it's like beep, beep. none of that yeah absolutely none of that it's I came back and my kids even remarked on this they're like mom you're so calm and relaxed I'm like yeah, yeah. took me about like a week to like slightly <laughs> retense up but anytime I want to mentally go back there I have moments where I you know as I said with the yeah. way that they are just being present and absorbing. And I took, as you saw, so many of those pictures that remind me of how I felt mental notes that I made in the in those moments of like how grateful I am for the experiences that I had each one of those days. I made remarks and notes to myself and how I can utilize the lessons that were learned these days into every conversation that I have with somebody else back in the States and how those ripples, like I said, those ripples continue to affect and inspire just from just from my trip. Like I wanted my trip not just to be for me. I wanted it to be something that I share with everybody through my connecting and conversating. Oh, that's fantastic. Mm -hmm. Well, we're almost out of time already. What? I, I can't believe <laughs> I know. That just flew by. <laughs> it does. <laughs> it does. So is there anything else that you wanted to talk about that we did not get a chance to address? That's okay. Um, I am still building my uh, process with the facts to, I'm still building my the fasting focused lifestyle um, consulting. Mm -hmm. I am currently um, still with Arizona State University and getting my board certification with them, but I still am accepting um, folks for support and health coaching. Um, I've walked the walk. I've lost. I don't. Well, I don't like to say lost. I like to say shed because I'm never going to find it. Yeah. <laughs> um, over 200 pounds, 203.8 pounds yeah. in. Um, about two years with fasting. Um, I've seen the changes and ripples in others, and I love hearing about the victories that others have with this process. Um, so that would be the other thing that I share, that I am accepting folks for their health and consulting if they need it. Mm -hmm. doesn't matter where you are. doesn't matter what walk of life or stage of life you're at. Um, you can change your life with this lifestyle. Um, I'm living proof of it, and I want other folks to know that they can, you know, I'm Glinda. I'm giving you the little reminder with you. You've got the ruby slippers too. Click, click, click. You can do this. You can absolutely do this. I yeah. want folks to believe um, in themselves. I have a saying that I tell with folks um, what I share on my podcast, the Fasting Focus Lifestyle podcast. Um, I always say, I believe in you, even if you don't. And I truly, truly mean that because they need. we need to have more 
coming together and more lifting each other up. Because um, I know that was me throughout the journey. Like I had to lift myself up. So I want folks to know like you can do this. You can yeah. absolutely do this. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, thank you so much. My for pleasure. Us, Vicky. Yeah. I appreciate it. It was so good. And I think it's really good that the audience got to hear your story yeah. from out of your mouth yep. and that, not just the words on the paper. So I appreciate that. Fantastic. Yeah. Thank you again. Thank you. Well, thank you everybody. Once again, I'm Lisa Anderson, your host for the Locala podcast and publisher of Locala magazine. We'll make sure to have as many links to Vicky's um, podcasts and businesses that we can for you, social media in our description. We'll also have links to the original articles, including the one where she was in the artist Q&A, so you can learn a little bit more about her art. Um, But we want to thank you for joining us here on the podcast, where we focus on connections through stories. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Locala podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please go ahead, like, share, and download. Your support is truly appreciated.